Welcome to Triple Threat, the podcast with Jamel President, where it's good news and good vibes all the time, baby. When we left Portugal to come play with you and your system, Jamel, it was the best thing for Shane because you, you, you pushed him to do other things outside his box. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Jamel President and on Twitter at President Jamel. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast as I'll be bringing you a new interview every month. Hey, what's up, guys? Coming up next, we got Natasha Vissa, who talked to us about sex and student-athletes right? Uh, talk about those preventative methods we can take when we're growing up and how families, parents can use sports as an approach um, to have those tough conversations. So um, we're very excited about this conversation and um, can't wait to get it on. So let's get into the interview. Natasha, again, I, you know, thank you for coming on Triple Threat Podcast. Um, I think the audience would really appreciate, you know, your wealth of knowledge and, and the things you look, you, you're going to share with us today. Oh, thanks for having me today. I appreciate it. No problem. All right. All right. Before we get started, um, take us back a little bit into your intermediate years where you, you know, where you're from, where you grew up. Um, frame that for us a little bit, please. Okay. So I'm from South Africa, um, way here in Africa. Uh, I grew up here. I actually stay still in the hometown that I grew up in. Okay. I was um, raised by a lovely couple. I normally, uh, my parents are my role model. I use them in examples in my coaching programs and stuff. So I had a beautiful example of uh, love and marriage uh, from, from since I was young. But I had a normal school years. I was an athlete. I was running... Um, uh, long distance running, uh, 3000 was my favorite one to run. Mm -hmm. I ran that until high, uh, end of high school. I never went professional, but yeah, that was my thing in high school, my one thing. I also played a team sport, hockey. Um, and sport was very important in my family. We were raised that you must have a, a sport. You must have a passion that drives you besides school, friends, and church or whatever other activities there is. We need to have a sport. And um, I remember when we got pregnant with uh, our first child, I told my husband, remember, we need to find that one thing that would drive our kids. And that was one, and sports, I love sports. I think that's so important. So that, I grew up in that. So I believe that's important. Right. So, but I, do you want me to continue where I end up? No, yeah. no, I just wanted to say, I wanted to second, I wanted to second how important, you know, sports and the camaraderie is you know when having to, having a, a team effort you have to you know be at be places at a certain time and those things are important because they're transferable skills that can be applied you know to to your everyday living so I just wanted to second you with that and, and that's that's awesome but in, in your career now I know you say you didn't you didn't play professionally and, and that's fine I think a lot of lessons can be learned from, from, from athletes, you know, just, and coaches not going professional, right? That's, that's not really the end game, but um, and what you do now for a living, well, well, first take us back to the college years. Did you attend college or what type of uh, uh, next level education were you involved in? 
Okay, so I went uh, to university and I studied uh, BCom marketing. So I completed my studies in BCom marketing and I worked in a corporate environment in, um, uh, in a business. I went, it was business school. So I worked for a large corporate bank in South Africa. I was uh, worked with corporates, did the corporate executive thing. Nice. And then we decided, um, okay, so I got married uh, just after my uh, graduation. So okay. I married my high school sweetheart. Nice. And um, so we got married just after graduation and I started working and my career was going extremely well. And then it was time we, we always dreamed about having a family. And my husband said, okay, so what's your choice? What, what do you want to do? I have a fantastic husband. And he, I said, no, I want to be a stay-at-home mom. I want to be there for my kids. And um, so he allowed me to do that. Uh, or he gave me the privilege, not allowed. He gave me the for privilege sure. to do that. Sure. And he said, no, I know you. You're not just going to sit and do nothing. <laughs> what do you want to do? So I said, no, I'll read books and stuff. He said, no, while you're reading, just go and write exams about what you are reading because I can see what you're reading. Right. And I was really interested in child development, um, psychology and all of that. So he said, no, do your studies while, while you are uh, at home. So I completed my honors in psychology. I took a complete <laughs> detour in that. And when I um, was starting to uh, practice as a counselor, my first experience as a counselor was in the unplanned pregnancy counseling center. Gotcha. And that was the catalyst that brought me here, um, gotcha. what I'm doing today. So yeah, it was a, a sort of different story. I didn't expect me to do this. I was uh, thought maybe I'll go back to corporate environment, but I was called to do what I'm doing today as a counselor and a coach. <laughs> and that's the way, that's the way things are, you know, you just, you know, more often to what you're supposed to be doing versus what you want to do. Right. Um, yeah. And that's just, that's just how, how, how life is. But um, so explain in depth, right. Quick, before we go into, you know, the topics um, explain briefly, what do you do? Okay. <laughs> So I'm a, a family counselor. I have run my own practice here in South Africa. I have a private practice running here. Um, and then I'm also a certified Live On Purpose coach. So, and there's a lot of people asking why you do coaching and counseling. Now, coaching actually came from the passion that happened when I was a counselor, when I said where it began at the Unplanned Pregnancy Counseling Center. I was working there for about four, almost five years. And I was sitting there with um, young teenagers as young as 12 with an unplanned pregnancy. They have STDs or they have post-abortion stress, depression, anxiety. And I'm seeing all this pain in front of me and they come to a counselor. Now it's fantastic, come to a counselor, we want to help. But after they made that decision, after they're in the pregnancy or whatever decision they make, any other decision after that is not easy. And I told myself, well, there must be a better way. We can't just wait to do damage control. This is crazy. I'm just seeing one client after the other doing damage control. We need to get the word out that, okay, there's a better way. Let's make a better decision before we get pregnant or before we make sexual choices. And that's where the passion of coaching, because coaching is more like, you know, let's show you the right way before we make a mess. Right. And that's where my coaching um, started or the the side of my business of coaching. So the coaching is focusing on helping empowering parents 
and teenagers. I do have a teenager as I work with them and with parents. How to help them make healthy decisions, how to have productive conversations about this so that they don't end up in this situation. So they would rather have a positive conversation than doing damage control. So that's actually what I'm doing now passionately. I'm going out and tell the world, how can we start to talk the strategies and tips? And then I do counseling, there's hurt out there. I still do the counseling as well, but I work with that together because it's important to get the message out for me. That's, that's, that's awesome. And you know what you do, so you deal with the actual parents and actual um, kids or actual teenagers that's involved, correct? Um, yes, yes. But my question to you, because you know it's we're human, and it's 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 kind of sometimes it's tough to get to get through. Um, what are your suggestions or tips um, to start that uncomfortable conversation? Okay, so um, my first thing is start as early as possible. Okay, it sounds crazy, but the earlier you start as a parent, the more uh, the more comfortable the conversation will be. Early, early, like when. Like what, give, give us an age. Two. <laughs> uh, the people freak Two. out when I say this. Two. Oh, this woman is crazy. Okay. So don't worry. I'm not crazy. I, my program is very specific. I work with it a, this a lot. So it's actually, you start at two by working your way up to the actual conversation. So you're setting the stage as you're moving over to the more uncomfortable questions. So we all wait just for like, Okay, they're teen, turning teenager. Now we need to have the talk. That is not what the talk is about. You need to work yourself up to that conversation. So we leave a little bit comes and introductions to the conversation as they grow older. So when I say two, let me just be clear on that because most people freak out when I say that. When I say two, we start with just talking about the private parts uh, and using the correct words for the private parts making it comfortable for you to talk about it, say mm. nobody touched me, wash your private parts. Um, but okay, here's my first tip of parenting uh, when it comes to talking about sex. I teach my clients when I work with them not to use private parts. I teach them to use special parts because your body is special and you need to keep it safe. Mm. It's not just private because we do something behind the door. It's because your body is special and we need to take care of it. It's a first step in a psychological process of teaching mm. your child to look after their body and nobody is allowed to touch there because it's special, okay? So it's a very strategic word that I choose to use with my kids and I teach my parents that I work with to do that. So then as you move on, as the children grow older, I have specific tricks and strategies as you work towards the, uh, the maturity level where they are ready uh, to hear more about the talk, the real things that's going to happen about the sex. Um, yeah, I can, I also use some practical strategies. I call it teaching opportunities. And maybe I can give you with the example how I did it with my kids um, okay. when it was early. So let, let me give you an example. When my son, okay, so we got the very early years, two years and so. So let's think more about well, the let, five. Let me, ask you, let me ask you a question first, because I'm big on prevention versus treatment, right? And, yeah. you know, my son, you know, I'm a stickler, you know, I'm a, I'm a hard lover and I give it to him nice and raw. I give it to him straight. I don't hold anything back because, you know, the, the, the world is that way. So I don't believe in waiting till he gets 13 years old to start teaching him how to be at 13 years old, right? 
So what you're saying in a different arena is the same prevention versus treatment. But yes, it's a more uncomfortable topic, but it's the same approach what we do as parents, where we just got to change that focus to a different topic. I just wanted to put that in there, but continue, please. Oh, I can't hear you. Hey, you think, what happened? You just went away. Completely. I think, I think, I think uh, the the Wi-Fi thing just dropped out, but it's fine. It'll oh. it'll 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 connect. That's what we got editing for, right? Hey, <laughs> but but what I was saying was, um, if we didn't if they didn't catch it prior to us uh, getting disconnected, was I was saying, you know, that approach where you're you're saying at two years old. Is the same approach what I do with my with my kid per se because I'm a stickler I'm a, I'm a hard lover and um, I can't wait till he get 13 years old to start teaching him how to be at 13. It starts now. So and I think it's the same approach but just a different topic when we when we talk about parents approaching with, with kids. So I just wanted to put that in there. Continue, please. Yes, definitely. Yeah, because we think like that is just a separate topic. A healthy sexuality starts now. They're not going by magic, just know what to do when they're 13. Correct. It's a process uh, to get there, definitely. Yes. Correct. Mm -hmm. But you was going to tell me about an example of your kid? Yes. Um, so one of my best ways that I love, and I uh, actually, this is my biggest thing that I teach when I coach, is to use teaching opportunities to bring up the conversation. So um, some kids, okay, let's just say, some kids do have uh, questions and they're not shy and ask at all. Other kids won't ask you. And then like, I get a lot of parents, oh no, my child is not curious, I'm not going to bring it up. I'm sorry, uh, in today's day and age, you must bring it up. You need to set yourself up with the teaching opportunity to make sure you can start the conversation. And unfortunately with, um, with smart devices and stuff like that, our children are exposed much earlier, so we need to create the opportunities to start a conversation. So we're now very young. We don't want to jump just in and just explain the birds and the bees just like that, okay? Uh, we want to set the stage, so we use teaching opportunities. Now, I love using everyday opportunities to teach our children uh, values, good choice making, anything like that about sexuality. Now, my husband always jokes with me. He says, well, you can make anything about sex. <laughs> So I always use to find some teaching opportunity. So I have two actually at different stages with my son and with my daughter. So how did I do this? Okay, my son is a chess player um, and he was um, playing, um, starting to understand the chess. So my husband actually taught him how to set up the board and stuff like that. And um, so as we were setting it up and he's just in a hurry, he wants to play, he wants to play. When you know when they are little, they, they want to get started and do, make the big move. And as they were playing, I said, hold on a sec. You just need to understand if you don't set up the board correctly in your chess game, your dad can't teach you the right openings because there's certain places that the, the pieces needs to go. And it's a strategic game that you need to think throughout, uh, throughout in your, uh, like three moves ahead before you, what the consequences will be for your current move. So for a five-year-old, it may be a much, 
but I just focused on setting the board up. Mm. And I told him, this is exactly the same with relationships and love. You're not just going to be lucky in love. It is a strategic game. You need to set yourself up in relationships and love and sex, specifically on purpose as you're setting up this uh, chess uh, board. Because if you don't do that, it, you're not just going to buy luck. It's not a poker game. We're not hoping for the best. And mm -hmm. sometimes I feel like even us as parents are just hoping and praying our children make healthy decisions or wise decisions when it comes by, to sex. But it's not. We need to do strategic planning in the beginning to make sure or help them to make healthy decisions later. So just in that moment, I was talking to my five-year-old about his relationship and sexual choices. Because when we get older, we just want to jump in and get to, to the fun. And you might feel like that. But we need to step back and say, if we want to play this game correctly, we need to set the game board up correctly. And can you see, that wasn't an hour-long conversation, right. but it helped my son to start thinking about his choices and the future. And I did use the word sex. I did use the word love. But um, if you had any questions, I would take the conversation further. But I set the stage that I'm willing to talk about these hard things because it is hard things to talk about. In this time, our message, we got Barrington, Huntley. Amateurism, um, you know, when you get certified by the NCAA, you have the academic certification. That's kind of what we just went over. Um, but then you have the amateurism component as well. And amateurism, all, you know, all it's making sure is that a student athlete hasn't professionalized themselves um, and isn't accepting money to play sports. So um, it's a series of questions that will be asked when the student registers. You know, they want to know what teams you've been on. Have you signed any professional contracts? That kind of stuff. And I can go ahead and tell you that 94% of students that come through our certification process don't have any issue with amateur. You know, it's a very small percentage. Um, just making sure that they're not accepting any money above actual necessary expenses for their uh, participation in sports. Now let's get back to the interview. It is, and, and I think, you know, what you just, that tactic you use is, is you putting a kid into their comfort zone, right? When they can relate to chess, you relate them to sport, you relate them to a, anything else where they're, where they're comfortable with, and they're already really more uncomfortable with their parents talking about that. So I guess from that, from that, from that standpoint, it's a 50-50 chance, and with persistence, you would probably break through. My question yes. to you is, um, do you think influence from coaches or teammates are better versus you know, a pregnant team, um, which would be more, you know, uh, influential in decision-making and help keeping the kid focused? Okay, so this is very important, especially why did I freak out that we need to start so early with the conversation? Because according to um, research uh, and psychology uh, research, uh, the, the ages of influence we, we have influence differ or who influence your child the most different as your child grew older. So from the age from baby to the age seven, the parents have the greatest influence in the child's life. You know, um, uh, they want to be like daddy or they want to be a 
like mommy or whatever, you know, you've got the biggest influence in your child's life. And then from the age seven to 11, the coaches and the teachers have the biggest influence. Hmm. So the teachers, uh, I remember when my child went to uh, grade one, grade two, especially grade one. And I said, no, I'm going to cover the book with red because I don't have green. He was freaking out because we must cover the book with red because uh, the teacher said it must be red, mm. you know, because the teacher knows everything. Mm. You don't know nothing as a parent. And then from age 11 uh, to 16, their peers have the biggest influence. So when do we start thinking about talking to our kids about sex? When they are 13. And that's when we don't have any influence anymore. Mm. So we must start much earlier to start the conversation and lay the foundation and groundwork for the talk as they grow older so that you still have influence over your child so that you know that they know what is the wise thing to do. So that's why it's very important to start early. Now, the coaches, has, especially if you have a child that's very passionate about their sport, okay? So um, my son actually uh, played uh, for the SA team in chess. So um, he's very passionate about uh, his chess. Uh, uh, when he was specific a few years ago, he was very passionate about it. And um, his coach matters. I actually switch him from one coach to the other coach. Um, because the coach has such a big influence in your child's life. We shouldn't underestimate that. And not even just because of sex and influence on that, but, uh, and that's important, but the coach is teaching your child values, mm. certain behaviors of ethics in the sport. Yes. And, and that's important. And if you are, um, if your coach is compromising on ethics, it's easy then to compromise on your values when it comes to sexual decisions. So you want a strong coach in your child's life because if you don't have a good influence, you are, if you don't have a strong influence anymore because your child is reaching that, that time of his life, you want to make sure a coach has a strong influence in your child's life and it's a good coach. So we, uh, we need to make wise decisions when it comes to, uh, to selecting your child's coach and the activities they are busy with. That's a good point um, because I just was watching uh, Love and Basketball. It's a movie. I don't know if you saw that, Love and Basketball. And um, uh, I forgot the two characters' names. But anyway, Makai Pfeiffer, whatever his name. No, that's not Makai Pfeiffer. Anyway, the, um, uh, uh, what's his name? I can't remember his name. But anyway, his dad was cheating on his his his, his mom and he had a, had a kid on, on, on wedlock. So he was really, really upset about that. So they went to the same school. And um, she was, she, she, on the other hand, was just starting to come up. She started off real slow and she's starting to come. Now she's like really playing and doing really well. But came to the point where he wanted to talk to her. He, he wanted her to stay past curfew to talk about his problems. And she, um, so she wanted to stay and support him so bad, but she did it because the coach had her attention. And that's so important. That, and like you said before, that the, those values that those 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 coaches and those um, those things bring about about being around a team. And and that, that goes into my next question is, you know, can you explain what are healthy sex choices, and how can I help my child make them? Okay, so. Um... 
So healthy sex choices is, uh, it always starts uh, with two things. When I'm going, uh, when I start with my children, when I talk to them about sex, I've, my first conversation is to define love, to understand the difference between love and lust. If they don't understand that, they are not going, they're going to mistake lust for love, okay? And that's which uh, teenagers get um, uh, distracted. Uh, that's 13 in years old. Those, those lusts is real heavy, Natasha, I tell you. At 13, <laughs> those things are just jumping, but continue. Yes, I know. I work with all these teenagers. <laughs> so, and that's hard. So if we, if they don't understand how to love themselves, they will not be able to make healthy decisions when they need to love somebody else. So we need to define love. So how I define love is when you are what, um, a healthy person that loves himself will protect himself from anything that hinders himself to grow to full maturity and reach his full potential in life when it comes to love, um, relationships, um, the bodies, um, uh, the beliefs, the values, and this. Uh, um, spiritual beliefs, sorry. So in those three areas, they need to protect themselves to make sure that they can grow to full maturity in all those areas. So it is, actually I missed one, it's wisdom in knowledge. So if somebody's distracting you from doing your schoolwork, is that loving? So a, a relationshiply, if you need to lie to your parents to stay with this guy or girl or whatever, is that loving? If he if endanger your body by getting an STD or a pregnancy, is that loving? All right. And then your values. If he makes you feel guilty or shame for what you did or she did or whatever, whichever way around. Okay. Is that loving? Because will you reach your full potential? So now how I explain this to, uh, to the kids, especially when it comes to high performing kids. All right. High performing kids have goals and uh, places that they want to go. Okay. In the uh, um, uh, sporting activities. And if they, then I will ask, if somebody loves you, they will make sure that you reach your full potential as a person. And if they know that they will physically hinder you to reach that, if you are pregnant, is that loving? Mm. Will you be able to go and play for the basketball team? If you are pregnant, mm. is he taking your dreams away? For example, Secondly, will your values be compromised? Will you feel guilty and shame? Will your grades fall? Now, when I worked for that uh, pregnancy counseling center, I, can't I honestly can't tell you of one girl that actually finished the degree in the um, amount of time she planned to before the pregnancy. They all delay their career. I'm not saying they can, they definitely did complete. There's a lot that completed it, but their life got delayed okay so yeah. did she reach her full potential if she did that so it's very important to start by defining love to make sure that if this person loves you he will help you to reach your full potential so i want to go back to my husband maybe as an example when i said about when uh, i chose to stay home and he asked me what is your next step what is your next goal what is your full potential that you want to reach and he supported me and made sure that i can reach that he gave me his loving to help support me to get that. If he is compromising me or if a guy or girl is compromising you, that means that is lust because it's mm. just about them and their pleasure. So that's the first. I know it's very logical, but mm. <laughs> it's important to understand that. 
So that's the first one. And then the second biggest one, how I help cho um, the choices to make healthy sexual choices is to have a goal, to have a dream, to have a vision. All right. Now, this is so fantastic. If you have an athlete in your house, this is so easy and so productive to translate to goal of sports. Now, what we normally do is, I mean, you have specific targets and goals to reach when you are um, uh, aiming for some um, goal in a sporting activity. All right. But why don't we have that when it comes to relationships and sex? We don't talk to our kids about mm, that. Right. Um, and I actually set goals um, in six areas that I help children and teenagers and families to talk to the kids about. It, they need to have personal goals, not just uh, personal goals that drive them. And that includes relationship goals, career goals, health and fitness goals, educational goals, and spiritual growth goals. And what we tend to do is we fixate on one goal and then we forget about all the others. And if we forget about the others, one goal can completely derail you if you don't reach a goal there. So, for example, I've got this client um, that I've seen her for a long time, but her ultimate goal was to get her PhD. She wanted to be called a doctor. That was a passion and a drive for her. Okay. And, but in the meantime, what happened is when she was 16, she, uh, she felt pregnant. And that, that's horrible. It's, it's good and bad. Uh, we'll go into that discussion. But that got her a little bit distracted, obviously. Right. So um, she got pregnant. And then a little bit later, she got married. Then she got divorced and got another kid. And mm. then she got an STD. Mm. And then still, she was a fighter. She had her goal. She had her passion to get that PhD. And she got a PhD. Mm. Now she's got a PhD, but she's divorced twice. She had two children and she has a, and she has a STD. She has AIDS. Hmm. I mean, okay. So that is so sad. My heart is breaking. If we put the same effort hmm. and goal into our relationships and our sexuality, hmm. um, our sexual choices, how much more successful will we be? So mm. let's make it practical. And I say, use teaching opportunities. So take a beach ball this weekend, maybe the people who are listening, and go and play with the beach ball with your child, okay? That one's with the different colors on. Mm. And let every color represent a different area in their lives. Their sport, their schoolwork, their relationships, their faith, whatever, all of those different ones. And then be dramatic. I did it with my kids. Catch the ball and poke a hole in one of those colors <laughs> and see what happens with that ball. The whole ball goes flat. Mm. So our life, it's not independent stripes. Mm. So if one little stripe, if your sexual, sexual choices, uh, unplanned pregnancy or whatever, your sexual choices will influence your whole ball, your whole life to have life and have fun with life one bad choice in that wall is spoke in that ball the whole ball goes flat and it does affect and we tend to think that it's separate my sports and my career it's not and we are a whole we are a whole ball <laughs> and every every aspects affect each other i think that's a very powerful exercise to do with the child to make them um, more conscious about their choices in all areas of life
That's a, that's a, that's a very good exercise. You're absolutely right. <clears throat> I got a scenario to, uh, to paint for you. All right. Um, 15 years ago, um, you know, I'll just use myself in the first example. 15 years ago, I had 24 points Friday night after a big game, big rivalry game. But I had to wait until 11 o'clock, 11.30 to watch the news because there wasn't no social media at that time. But still, you know, you, I, I told you before, you know, I, I was I, I didn't make healthy sex choices in high school. Fast forward 15 years now. Here's a kid, 6'2", uh, had a big game Friday night. He plays basketball and football, and he's got like 20,000 followers on social media. How do you keep this kid from not being distracted? I mean, everybody's doing it. Hmm. Yeah, that standard of everybody is doing it is is crazy. <laughs> it is it is so scary, and um, that's why that goal of their relationships needs to uh, to be very clear. We uh, I map out the plan with parents to have like a complete game plan. I actually call it a game plan. Hmm. Your sexual talk game plan. We need to cover all areas: passion, lust pornography, sexting, you need to cover everything to help your child to make healthy choices, okay? So, but the biggest, biggest impact that I know that works with kids that I've been working with and with myself and that my parents taught me, so I have experience in this, okay? Is to have a big why. Why do you want to have make healthy sexual choices? What's your why? Because we can scare our kids, and I don't believe in scaring them with pregnancies and all of that, but we can do that. So for some kids, it helps, but I don't believe in that. But we, if your child has a big enough why, they will figure out the how. But the thing is, when we, um, when we don't talk about this and we don't inspire them to have a why, what are they looking for in a relationship? Do they want a relationship? Now, I don't want to even go, we seem to go to a default, they want a relationship. Some kids don't want to be, get married. That's also fine. They don't want relationships. But still, they need to make healthy choices for themselves, even if they don't want to have a relationship. Mm -hmm. And we need to talk about that. Hey, what's up, guys? Check this out. If you're coming into the Charleston area, or maybe leaving at the Charleston area and you want to avoid long lines and be greeted by friendly, sweet people, go check out Mark over at Avis and Budget Car Rental at 7685 Northwoods Boulevard. When you go see Mark and you mention Triple Threat Podcast, you receive 30% discount on your rental. They also offer compact to large SUVs and vans to rent with quick, easy transaction. And check us out and limited mileage on most rentals. So give Mark a call at 843-572-3190. Don't forget to mention Triple Threat Podcast. So I find when I talk to teenagers, they don't even know what they want. 
they don't even know why they should not get pregnant or not have sex. Why, why shouldn't they? If everybody is doing it. So if we don't give them a reason for, uh, for, what, for their choices, okay, for not just saying no, uh, they're going to do it anyway because we don't know what we're talking about. So it's really important to find a why, a reason. Because what are, uh, what's powerful with kids with, uh, that's doing sport? What did they give up to be so successful? That guy that you just explained, uh, 20,000 followers, what did that guy give up to be so successful? You've got experience in that uh, in basketball. What did you give up to be so successful? The pains that you went through. I, I gave I gave up the hanging out, the you know the, the things that um, that distracted me. You know, once I really got got focused. But yeah, I gave up the hanging out and the, the extra time I committed to my craft and 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 and, and devoting to that. So yeah. So a sport, a child dedicated in sports know how to sacrifice something of a lower value for something of a higher value. Mm. They understand. But now we also need to teach that same value when it comes to sexuality and their sex choices. We say, are they willing to give something up of a lower value, lust and a few seconds of gratification for something of a higher value? But the problem is we don't give our healthy sexual choices higher value. Mm. whose fault is that that is sort of us as parents and schools and teachers and church i don't know who wants ever to take the blame uh we don't value that anymore we don't value purity we don't value that so everybody's just doing that so it's just the way it goes so if we show them this value in making healthy sexual choices and showing them the reasons for that, especially when it comes to pornography, sexting and one night stands and the effect that has on our life, you know, the big ball that's going to burst and um, the addictive behavior of pornography. Um, that's good enough reasons to say, listen, that momentary uh, pleasure of going out with your friends versus getting that goal scored in the game, that's a higher value. So the same, giving up the moment Terry uh, pleasures for a higher value is worth it, but we need to show and talk to our kids about that. And that's not shown in movies or on social media enough. Unfortunately, maybe I'm I'm just one little brisk in a very big tornado, <laughs> trying to let people know and screaming there's better higher value in this choices. So we need to tell them that. And then one powerful question that I always ask teenagers when I, and you can ask that to your teenager as well, okay? Is what story do you want to tell one day? I find that very powerful. Just ask that and keep quiet. Mm. And they normally they would tell, oh, I want to be the star of this and I want to go to the Olympics or I want to do that and that. Say, okay, how's the relationship? What story of your relationship do you want to tell? Um, mm. Do you want to be caught out, uh, you know, all these scandals of these athletes that comes out, you know, do you want to be part of that scandal or how, how do you want to be known? What do you want to be known for? And what story are you going to tell if people talk about you? And that's powerful. We need to get our kids to think about that because that will drive their choices when all these distractions comes in their way. Do you think you know, the music and in, in, in the, in the culture we live in now you know, adds to the distraction because a parent can 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 go through all these these different tactics and be well in tune with their kid, but you know, 
the, the, the music that kids listen to, I mean, they glorified it. So, yeah. I mean, besides cutting, cutting that off, the music off to the kid, you know, um, what are your suggestions with that as well? Yes, so music, social media, um, movies, everything. Uh, it's just, uh, we live in a sex craze world. And what's crazy for me <laughs> is everything is sexual these days, okay? And it's right in your face. And still us as parents are too scared to talk about it. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, it's such a taboo topic for us, but it's so in our kids' faces. Right. And um, definitely music uh, is uh, very, uh, strong, very emotional. Very, I, I tell parents this often, you know, when you are talking to your kids about sex, you're just say, don't do it. And it's gross and ugly or whatever. And then we say, well, don't get pregnant. Don't get XCT. It's gross. And your kids are freaking out because you're talking about this. And then you say, oh, but save that one day for your husband or wife one day. I mean, it's such crazy information we give them. Right. But then when it when your kids are at the movies or watching a music video, all that sexual images are done with music and right. passion and it's uh, exciting. We are competing against that. Right. I mean, what do you think your child is going to remember? What are your child going to be drawn to? Uh, obviously the music and that sexualization is much more interesting than the story you are telling them. So we need to step up the first place. And then the second, I do believe what I do with my personal, my kids, I would always ask them. I wouldn't just reprimand them and put that off. Don't listen to it. Uh, we don't, I don't believe in saying no without giving a reason. You need to tell your children why you are saying no. Our children are intelligent. They need answers. And, and when you have a good enough reason, they will listen. I actually once asked if I can sidetrack with a quick yes. uh, example. My son one day, he was really young, um, six, seven, somewhere there. And I was telling him he needs to finish up, um, do all his chores, we need to go. And I said, while I'm busy, you're not allowed to watch TV. Mm. Now, um, so I saw he had opportunity. He went and sat on the couch with the little remote next to him, but he didn't put on the TV. <laughs> so it was really interesting for me. So as we were driving, um, I was actually wondering, I asked him, now, why don't you put on the TV? Because you actually had opportunity. If I didn't see, you would have done it. And it probably wouldn't have been that bad, but you didn't do it. Right. And he surprised me with the answer. He said, mom, you gave me a reason. You said I will be distracted and won't be done in time. Mm. And I agree. When I start watching, I want to finish watching this mm. and then we will fight. So I decided your reason was good enough. Okay. He didn't say it so maturely, but that's what it came down for to. Sure. For sure. So my reason was good enough for such a small child. I was quite surprised. Okay. So again, if we give good enough reasons for our kids, they will understand that we do, shouldn't underestimate their intelligence. Okay. So that was a side story that I actually I got That's distracted. Awesome. That's awesome. But it's important to give them reasons. That was my point. Not just to say, no. oh, about the music. So I, I thought, sorry, I got sidetracked. <laughs> so what I do with my, uh, with my kids and when I um, work in the schools and stuff with the teenagers, when they play music, I won't just say put it off. I'll ask them. Uh, what are they singing about? Mm. Explain to me the lyrics. Do mm. you understand what that means? And yeah, 
and and there's very sexual in, uh, explicit things in that so if you make your child quite aware don't just say no and it's ugly music listen with them mm. and ask them what do you what do you like about that song show interest if you show interest in your child your child will open up to you and then when you talk about love when you were talking have these continuous conversations with them they can actually reflect and say oh but that's actually not very nice mm. or maybe they won't say it doesn't matter but you draw their attention to that Definitely. and that's that's good place to start to start a conversation that's again a teaching opportunity that's a that's a great point that's a great yeah. point <clears throat> so you know mostly parents have the conversation with their kids like you say it's not really in depth but at the end of the day it's just basically you know if you're going to do it have safe sex you know what i mean it's no healthy choices no religious just make sure don't bring me any any kids home. So do pornography have got a, would, should have that same prophylactic effect when selling kids don't watch too much or telling them, do you watch it with them? Like, what's the point? Or should they watch, should not watch it at all? Um, because you're talking about a young man, a young adolescents, 13, 14 years old, that's starting to understand themselves, started seeing things, but he can't act it out. What's, what is the outlet? like? What do you what do you suggest? What's your topic for that? Yes. Okay. So first again, the reasons we need to be truthful and honest with our kids. Uh, even though society is telling uh, porn, um, everybody's watching it. It's not, I'm not hurting anybody. Okay. So while watching it, now again, there's very strategic reasons why I said when you started at two, when you told your child it's not his private parts, it's his special parts. When you keep something special, you keep it safe for something specific. All mm. right. Now, pornography, if you do it behind your room privately, it's private, but is it special? Mm. Mm. Can you see how mm. the conversation is growing? Because mm. if you plan to get married, okay, are you then keeping your mind and your body special for your wife one day? if you are doing private things. Mm. Because the thing is, pornography imprints on the brain. And this is not taught in schools or anywhere. Oh, there's, there's a lot of people talking about it, but it's not public enough, mm. all right? So we need to scream it. The, what does pornography does to, to your brain? It actually changes your brain structure and the way you are looking at pornography uh, mm. at sex and people so pornography is really dangerous because you see people as an object for your mm. pleasure mm. it doesn't show you don't uh, it's not a person that you value you're using the person for your pleasure mm. the thing is with pornography it's so dangerous it gets addictive okay obviously it's it's one of the most addictive behaviors they actually have a brain scan of a of a person addicted to cocaine and a person addicted to pornography and the brain damage to a person addicted to pornography is worse than a person addicted to cocaine. Wow. So if we say it's just, it's just private, everybody's doing it. We are lying to our kids. Mm. All right. It, it does not satisfy. It's just momentary and you want to search out more. Now the problem with pornography, when it becomes an addiction, Addiction, you will um, work out a tolerance level, all right? So you want more and more and more. Mm -hmm. With pornography, when your tolerance level are working up, you don't want more and more and more. Obviously, you want, but you want more variety. Oh. So it's the types of sex. Mm -hmm. It is 
bondage, each group sex. Uh, I wouldn't go into all that detail due to your audience, but it gets darker and darker if you want to get that same high. And as I'm working with teenagers, I mean, they talk to me, I say, they would say, I hear sudden thoughts coming to my, my mind to think, how would that look like? How would that look like? And that's dangerous. The addiction, the changes of their brain, and then, it, it, and how do we explain this to our kids? And again, to your sporting community, this is so powerful explanation. Uh, use this. I love this teaching opportunity. Okay, when you're at a sport game and everybody is screaming and go on, did you, the coaches sit everybody down and say, okay, listen, you guys, when they score a goal, remember to cheer. <laughs> you know, we don't do that. It's just automatically we learn that when we are at the sporting game, we will cheer and scream. So, but when you go to the library, everybody mm. instinctively know you need to be quiet. Mm. In this timeout message, we got Jamil, president. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm excited to announce the collaboration with NCAA Eligibility Center. Moving forward, we'll be doing a series of podcasts that talks about how to be a student athlete, the transition from student athlete to different careers, and also a lot of uh, eligibility rules and regulations when it comes to travel ball. These things we've been talking about for years now, and um, we're happy to uh, collab with the NCAA Eligibility Center to bring um, nationwide information to our audience. Again, we're excited about this opportunity and uh, we look forward to bringing this information to you guys. Um, stay tuned, stay engaged, and thanks for following. Now let's get back to the interview. So that script are sort of imprinted in your mind. You know how to behave in a certain way. Okay, so now when a child starts watching pornography and the average age for a child to be exposed to pornography is eight, mm. all right, when he's exposed to these horrible things of pornography at such a young age, what is his script saying to him? How, what is sex? So we want to have successful marriages or relationships in the future, but the understanding of sex are script by an environment of pornography and lust. And then we expect them to have a healthy relationship. I'm not sure if that's possible. I don't think it is possible. Right. And th that is why we need to be truthful and give them a reason. Not just for, uh, you know, everybody, everybody's doing it. Oh, it's awkward, don't talk about it. We are actually exposing our kids to such dangerous things. We need to actively be aware of what they are busy with and make sure we protect them from these dangers. It's really dangerous for our young kids if they get exposed to pornography. So maybe that was a long answer to a short no, question. That was, a, that, that, was a, that, was a, that was a great answer. But um, <laughs> I wanted you, know, you to touch base because you said something earlier when we first spoke about, and it, it, I mean, it was profound. Um, I mean, the, the dopamine compared to when you're gaming, versus uh, the sport. Because like you said, you know, I'm, I, I train um, young kids in, in basketball and 
and in basketball, you, in any sport, you need a certain type of edge. You, you know, you got to have heart, you got to have grit. And sometimes in certain capacities, that's not there, right? And, and I, you know, I would ask them, what do they do today? And it's like, well, we, I play the game all day. It's never I'm outside and never, you know, doing things in the sun, running around, playing around. So touch base on, uh, on, on that uh, correlation between games and, and taking some of the, 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 the fight out of the, out of the, out of the person per se, out of the, the, the teenager. Yes. So you're talking about online gaming. Hey, I just want to make sure it's correct. the basketball game out there. Okay, I'm with you. Okay, yeah. So this is very interesting. So especially for our boys, okay, the boys are drawn into these online gaming. Why? Boys are created to conquer. You guys want to conquer the world, you know. We, why is wars there? You know, we want to be at top of the world and conquer that. And that being the best and that drive that they have, there was an interesting study that showed even if we give participation trophies under the kids, they know who was the best, who mm. actually won, even mm. if the coaches didn't keep score. Mm. Boys are driven to perform and to conquer and to win. And that is a dopamine drive our guys have. And that's fantastic, okay? That, that's not wrong. But now what happens with this gaming, they get this dopamine high that's artificial and winning the, um, winning at the game, they're reaching that high, that dopamine high of conquering that artificial game. Mm. And then what happens, why do we get so many uh, young adults in the parents' houses? Because they don't have the energy to go and conquer the real world, okay? They find their dopamine high in in the online gaming or let's say we can actually it's not exactly the same but it's almost the same as pornography as well finding that easy dopamine chase mm. so dopamine is very very sensitive we need to be aware of that um uh, we i think we underestimate the power of that dopamine and the testosterone that's going with that for our boys to go and conquer the world so we need to channel that dopamine and that testosterone in a positive way and sports is the best, best way. I love sports, okay? If your son doesn't do sport, get him something else, okay? If he's doing some culture thing, doesn't matter. But he needs to find his conquering place that he can conquer uh, in the physical world out there, not online. Because online is artificial. It's not real, okay? We want them to feel it out there. Because you need to work much harder out there to get that dopamine high than to get the quick fix. And that's the problem. Our kids are taught to get a quick fix on gaming, a quick fix on pornography. So we're chasing that dopamine and we're teaching our brains that we need this, a much higher average dopamine than in the kids that hasn't been exposed in the past to all these dopamine high online gaming and stuff. All right. Mm -hmm. So now they always need this high stimulation of pornography or online gaming. Now, when they go out to go to sports, it's sort of boring. It, mm. they, or they need to put much harder work in to get that same high. Mm -hmm. It's much harder work. So why even try? And, and that's really scary. <laughs> yeah. It, it is. Um, but I guess I, I just something just you know came to me when you talk about conquering, right? And um, when you talk about conquering, and I think something not something, but more focus, not more focus, but additional 
focus need to be um, targeted to the male per se, because you got to think we're like you say we're we're born to conquer, and we have we, and so that's the that's the situation where we're in young relationships or in young making bad sex choices is because we're conquering. That's just in our nature, right? But we do that out of a nature and we, we apply those same focuses to sport or whatever we're doing. All we need to do is apply those same focuses to our, our, our relationships and our sex relationships as well. Because when we take the conquering out of it, we can deal with that mentally and heartily and have reasons in our whys that take some of the the, 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 the bad decisions making come from our conquering DNA. Yes, yes. So it's not a bad thing. Let's just right. say. Uh, it's, it's a, like focus, the it's a re redirection thing. Yes, definitely. So uh, it, it is the, like the law of opposites. For every up, there's a down. For left, there's a right. For negative, there's a positive. So for the strength of guys, I mean, look how our world has developed. All these fantastic things is building, getting new things, being better. Everything needs to be driven to be better. That's fantastic. That's that drive we have to be better. That's good. That's fantastic. But we need to see the weak or the downfall or the, the, um, the blind spots, if we can call it that, of that drive, okay, to make sure that it's not actually going to disadvantage you. So for every a strength, there is a weakness and we need to manage the weakness, okay? Not ignore it or trying to fix it. We manage that so yes. that we can focus on our strengths and be the best. And that's the same in any sport. Everybody has their specific tactical advantage. Now, my daughter is pursuing athletics um, and she's not a strong sprinter in the beginning, but she works herself up in the end like she is flying. She, she makes me cry when I see her running. It's so beautiful. But it's amazing to see her strength as she continues. But it's not in the beginning. And now what she did in last week's race, she was in the beginning, she was almost killing herself to stay with them. But that's not her strength. Right. That's a weakness. She needs to manage herself in the beginning so that she can perform when she, in her strengths, okay? Right. So, and that's the power with, and the same with sexuality. Sexuality is a very powerful thing. Sex is beautiful, okay? It's a powerful thing, but we need to be aware of the temptations and the lust and pornography and things like that, that can distract us from the beauty in it. So, and that's powerful, yeah. And what I was going to say, the closure I said, what I was going to say was because of athletes uh, and male athletes being great athletes in, the, in addition to having that conquering DNA, I think being in sports as a male kind of enhances the, the, the wanting to conquer. So it have to be multiple distractions in that burrito. It just can't be you know, sports and that's it. When I, Cause I say sport, use sports as a distraction, but it needs to be sports and something else or something else to help, help with that distraction in addition to the sports that you have to, you know, we have to internally deal with. That's what I wanted to, to say. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely we need to support our kids. Now I know when they are young, they say they need free play time. When they are teenagers, like you say, they need more than just sport. Uh, I'm sure you maybe heard about BLAST before, it's an acronym 
for teenagers when we are tempted, especially when that the drive, you said when you're 13, you know, that drive, that lust, that testosterone, you, or whatever, you know, that feelings we have as teenager, use BLAST, okay? BLAST is an acronym. So when we're going to go and conquer that world, our boys, make sure that we support them. We create an environment to help them because we know they are tempted. Don't ignore it, okay? Right. So BLAST is short for when you are bored, lonely, angry, stressed, or sad, or tired. That is when your son or daughter will be mm. tempted to start doing things mm. sexually that they wouldn't have done if they mm. weren't stressed or tired or bored or angry or lonely. Okay, so it's really important. Be aware as a parent to support your child to make healthy decisions. So especially through this COVID thing, I actually specifically had a one client, a very high performance athlete, a triathlon client. All right. And she, uh, I mean, it's triathlon that she's doing. She needs to swim, run, bicycle, everything every day. And um, when it was lockdown, she couldn't go exercise and she got bored. Mm. And she got involved in online sexting due to that. Mm. And she's a successful athlete. We need to be aware boredom will cause distractions, okay? And then also be aware the other side. If we put too much stress and, press, stress and pressure on our children to perform um, in their activities, that can also cause a lot of stress. And um, pornography and sexting is a place to go and release that tension. So we need to find the balance. So be aware of those things. Blast, okay? That's, that's a good point. Um, before we get into our final oatmeal recipe segment, I want you to just give an audience um, your input of your overall direction and philosophy for athletes in relationships. Okay, so um, maybe I can use an example of a high-performing athlete that I'm actually coaching uh, as an example okay. to, to share what's my outlook on this. Um, so I've got this specific athlete as she uh, is actually uh, international competing. So I won't disclose what she's doing. Okay. Um, for that reason, for her privacy, but um, she's a high performance, uh, performance athlete. And she uh, was actually um, molested by her coach mm. when she was, was much younger. And she completely lost her identity mm. in who she is as a sports person due to that all right and that affected her sporting career as well as her relationships mm. and to, still today she's struggling with her relationships and i needed to help her to work on her self-image and i actually needed to let help her to say who are you to find herself again and that's very um so sport and athletes they first need to know who they are, who mm. they are in themselves. Without the sport, with the sport, mm. we need to find and help them to find that identity, okay? Mm. And when it's lost due to the society influence, like this coach or whatever, it's very hard to perform again. And um, I must be, I, I'm proud to say that she won. <laughs> and I'm so proud of her. And uh, she found her identity again, uh, or with a lot of hard work. But you need to know you are more than just a relationship. And you're more than just the sport that you are doing. That's true. Who are you? Um, so at the end of the day, when you go and lie down, you need to say, 
this is who I am. I'm an honest person. I'm a, um, a healthy person. I believe in these values. Who, who are you? And then the activities and the relationships is the joy of life. And go and enjoy that. Uh, and I love that when I can see a person enjoy life. But when we make wrong decisions, the joys of, of the sport and of the relationships are, are taken away from you. So find your identity as a person outside those two. And you will have fun when you have those two in your life. <laughs> That's the most important thing you said today, because me personally, I've dealt with that. And I say that because um, identifying who you are initially, because you know, when you're coming up in the sport, you know, three people help build your career, yourself from your hard work, the media and your friends and fans that support you, right? Now, when you take those, those two things away, the media and the, and the fan support, all you have is yourself. So if you, if you never identify with yourself prior to those things, you know, leaving, yes, you're going to have a lot of problems. And, and, and that was, that's a great point that you have to identify and know who you are um, before you let other, others identify, you know, who you are. And that's, that's, that's a great point. He made a name for himself as a star for the College of Charleston basketball teams in the mid to late 90s. And now, Jermel President is doing what he can to make sure that the Charleston area kids have a chance to succeed on the court and in life. So I want to, you know, give some of that back to the community as well. Um, after college and after playing professionally, uh, I started the Day Foundation just to, to be that wealth of knowledge to the kids in the community and, and parents as well. College of Charleston Hall of Famer Jamel President said he saw a need for this while he was in school. So he founded the nonprofit Day Foundation. And its philosophy for success is based on what he calls his oatmeal recipe. Let's go and finish together. Basically, teaches the game of basketball, focusing on skills, development, nutrition, and education. Not only SAT, ACT type stuff, but education for parents in how to navigate through the different levels of athletics. I created something called the oatmeal recipe, um, which can go uh, with sport or careers, what have you. And these three ingredients are um, skill development, um, education, and nutrition. Um, so I want you to, you know, give, I want to get, hear your input on individually on each one of them, um, starting with nutrition. And my question to you with your craft is, do you think food can trigger some of those behavior you know i'm being funny about oysters and this and that but i'm seriously do you think foods can can trigger some type of stimulant to make us you know think bad thoughts or good thoughts yes 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 um foods are one of my favorite examples to help people because remember we are uh, our our brain with all our chemicals in our brain dopamine serotonin all of that is very sensitive and it's influenced by what we eat okay and um now let's go back to that dopamine okay so this is how i explain love and lust okay with a chocolate let's use a chocolate and explain love and lust okay a lot of people would say oh i love chocolates mm. okay and and it's fine that's the way we say it but you love chocolates or do you lust after chocolate? You are feeling in the mood to have some chocolates. Mm. And I use that as example in my sex explanations to teenagers. Because if you give in to that chocolate momentarily, 
it is nice and you feel better in that moment okay mm. but then you will crave it again and again and again and that's the same with pornography mm. and sexting and social media that things that comes through you're craving that you're lusting after that things so you are teaching your brain to be satisfied by things that doesn't satisfy because that's not nutrition Mm. And that's again when we fill our brains with dopamine highs with pornography that is not intimacy that is not passion that you are looking for in a relationship and you will never find that in that momentarily uh, satisfaction in lust or in a chocolate because you know chocolate's going to sustain you <laughs> you need healthy food and healthy decisions will give you that healthy joy and energy in life like in healthy food. Awesome. Um my next one is education. My question to you is do you think being well informed and educated will help a teen make better decision or the experience would um definitely uh, education now i know this power in experience but some things it's better not to go and experience <laughs> if the risk is too high okay so i believe uh, knowledge well, is what power. i meant what i meant to say by experience is when you're talking to a a a teen that's been pregnant or a coach that's been pregnant sometimes someone sharing their experiences but i do agree with you as one that you know made that clarity go ahead yeah, okay yeah yeah i thought that that's what you meant okay yeah. so um my let's explain my word let's explain is actually playing on words with sex but it's actually it's very powerful it's to explain to our kids to reason with them to give them reasons to give them understanding and power now this is one of the biggest reasons i'm doing this because when i was in the pregnant unplanned pregnancy counseling center i was teaching these kids this and they said why didn't anybody tell me i didn't know that and they were shocked with the information that i shared and i was i was shocked that they were shocked why, why why don't you know this okay so i if they are sitting there and i had the specific epiphany or that moment you know that's just like vivid in your mind when you're sitting with this girl i was sitting there with her and she was so angry angry at the world angry at her parents they said what if i knew this i would have never made this decision and maybe that's hindsight i don't know but surely if we educate our children and truly understand um the consequences because we as parents don't know and do not understand the power of the social media and the uh, online activities over our kids and we need to educate um education is very important definitely <laughs> that's what i'm my whole business is driven by that <laughs> sure um my last my last one is a uh, skill development and in your craft and dealing with uh parents and teens what is the most effective skill that you use to be effective um that's listening skills okay mm. that's not not in a sport but that's listening skills um there's a big gap between um the us as parents understanding the struggles our kids are facing today the world has changed it's not the same for our kids as it was for us um there's much more distractions um it's much harder for them to stay focused on their sport to stay focused on their education and there's a lot of distractions uh, but but we don't listen or maybe we don't understand 
Mm. And I always say, listen to understand, and that's a skill to develop. Mm. Um, that's the, uh, and, and I, I teach this. And just one thing that you can do today in that skill, maybe am I allowed to give you a, a tip on that skill, how to get started? Okay, so this is very important. So we, I, it's very important to you um, to have effective communication skills and listening skills. So if you don't know if you're listening well, your go-to is make sure your child speaks 80% of the time and you speak 20% of the time, okay? And when you speak, your 20% are only allowed to be questions. And those questions must never have the why question in it, okay? So why is always a judgmental question. Why doesn't resolve or don't lead to understanding? Why question will lead to your child trying to think the reason why they did that. It won't give you the insight or the understanding that you want actually to connect with your child. So 80-20 principle, the child talks 80% of the time, you talk 20, that 20 is questions. What do you mean by that? How did you come to that conclusion? That's interesting, tell me more and never ask why. And that's a one step that you can help to start working on that listening skills and listen to understand, don't listen to respond. Because we listen to give them the next right answer. It's not about your right answer. It's about you understanding your child. And this is a skill, uh, it doesn't come naturally. As a counselor, coach, I'm trained in this. So we need to teach and train our, our parents on this so that they can develop those skills. Uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. I, I, wanna, I wanna bring you on again and talk about, I know this was the prevention focus, but next time I come on, I wanna talk about the treatment side. You know what I mean? The athletes okay. that, 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 that have, you know, made those choices and now they're dealing with those situations, you know, what can they do and how can they move forward? I'd love to bring you on again to talk about that. Yes, I'll be honored to do that. Yes, definitely. Well, we, um, and shame and guilt uh, doesn't help. So let's, let's help them and support them and how to, to be the successful people that they can and want to be. For sure. For sure. Well, I know it's late. It's about 930 over there. So I need to get to bed. I appreciate your time. The audience will love this. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Well, you make sure you have a great night and I'll talk to you soon. Yes, yes, we can connect again. So uh, are we done now? <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I see you still recording. I'm not sure if you're done or you're going yeah, to cut or yeah, we're, yeah, we're done now. We're done now. <laughs> okay, awesome. all right. I hope that's not what you were looking for. Uh, sometimes I talk too much because I'm no. so passionate. No, not at all. <laughs> I don't think... I don't think I give you enough time to explain. Like I said, I want I had a whole other topics I want to talk about, but I'll just you know for for um, for uh, attention span purposes, I'll just break it up to we go prevention this one and then treatment the next one. Okay, that's that's that will be wonderful. So let me know. We'll reach out, stay connected. I went to your YouTube channel. I subscribed to that. I'm going to show my son and daughter a little bit about that. I like it. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, Thanks I'll send you an email and we'll schedule time to do the next one. Yes, 100%. I will enjoy doing that again. <laughs> Thanks so much. Thank you. Have a good night. Now. You as well. Bye-bye. Bye. So there it goes, guys. Another one in the books. Uh, I want to thank Natasha for coming on, giving us that wealth of knowledge um, to help, you know, parents have that tough conversation 
um, with their kids, with their athletes, um, about those preventative methods. Again, this segment was the kind of prevention uh, episode. Our next episode will be the treatment version. Um, so again, we thank Natasha for that. Coming up next, uh, Barrington Huntley, uh, we're gonna replay our first interview, um, just kind of reiterate some of the uh, rules and regulation and changes that happened um, since COVID. And then <clears throat> we're gonna get into our second interview talk about more updating information all right and don't forget we have a student athlete informational that's coming up in september with the ncaa very very crucial information all right we'll be right back what jermel is doing with today foundation and the approach he's taking to help develop young athletes First of all, getting them prepared from the academic standpoint, which, as you know as well as I do, Bobby, that's the most important element to try to get them to eat healthy, to be able to train properly, to get the proper education, and then hopefully for those who are talented enough to have a chance to move on to perhaps even get a free education by going off to college. But I love what Jermel is doing. It's a wonderful program. Hopefully more people in the community will get behind it and some of the businesses involved as well to help sponsor this program. Because these are the kind of things that every community needs, looking out for the best interest of the youth. The future of this country is in our youth. And everything that we can do to help prepare them better for that is absolutely wonderful. And, and I can't express adequately enough my admiration and respect for what Jermel is doing and hopefully he'll get a lot of help from a lot of people. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Jamel President and on Twitter at President Jamel. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast as I'll be bringing you a new interview every month. Thank you.